Welcome in to You, Me, and the SEC, a podcast about the intersection of SEC culture and football. We are your source for all takes about SEC traditions, pageantry, majesty, and football, and maybe conference realignment. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at You, Me, and the SEC. An exciting day, day three, SEC Media Days. That's right. This is kind of like the culmination day, right? No, that'd be tomorrow. No, like I feel like it builds to the third day and then the last day is like, you know, like the last day at camp. Like the culmination of camp. No, no, the culmination is like Thursday night and then Friday you go home. And so that's not like the big thing. The big thing's always Thursday night, right? Okay, but so, it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. It was the big day. You had the the big guns, right? You had Nick Saban and... um. Jimbo and Clark Lee from Vanderbilt. And Clark Lee from Vanderbilt. <laughs> the biggest gun of them all. Listen, wait till you're my casting, and you will think he's the biggest gun of all. Okay, I'm not sure what that means, but I'll I don't either. It, so I can interpret it then <laughs> to just see what that means. Listen, it was a crazy day. You mentioned it's Nick Saban, so the Pope came basically, descended upon Hoover, and then left as soon as he arrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Clark Lee, Vanderbilt. We'll we'll talk about him. Mike Leach did Mike Leach things. And, of course, you have Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M is is one of the more intriguing teams for the season because there's going to be a fair number of people, I think, that will predict them to beat Alabama. Uh, We'll see if that will include me or not. Uh, But that was not the big story today. The big story erupted onto uh, the world probably around Mm 3.30, right before Jimbo Fisher went up to speak, that a report from the Houston Chronicle that – Texas and Oklahoma, who are members of the Big 12 Conference, uh, which is kind of centered in the Midwest, basically, uh, that they are inquiring and investigating and potentially asking the SEC if they could switch conferences and join the SEC, bringing the SEC up now to 16 teams. Any hot takes on Texas and Oklahoma? I mean, I don't even know where to begin, honestly. Texas and Oklahoma, the programs are great. Like, I would love to have those programs in my conference. But 16 is a lot. And honestly, you've got me um, trying to do primers on all these. And I'm really tired. That was one of my first thoughts. It's like, (laughs) dang it, we're going to have to do two more of these. I don't know if I I can expand with them. Yeah. You know? Um, We would just be all ignorant about Texas and Oklahoma's past decade right but can you really i mean if this is the i don't i don't know logistically how it would work i saw some things about like you put them into like four different little groups instead of two divisions four Mm -hmm. divisions um you know and that would be interesting because it would be kind of smaller groups right um but you know i think my biggest issue would be i probably two probably twofold those are two super big programs and it'd be kind of intimidating to have them come in. You know, it's not like it's a Missouri. It's not, it's not like it's a Missouri. It's not Missouri. You know, where it's like, sure, come on, bud. You can play with us. It's like, or even A&M, which A&M, I feel like growing up, my perception of A&M was they're Texas's little brother. Right. And there's a massive inferiority complex. Right. From A&M fans towards Texas. Right, where the A and M has been a lot more successful the last decade, if mm-hmm. you if you do the numbers. So, mm-hmm. but those two programs have such big personalities. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. like how would that change change the dynamics? And then the second part is, can you really continue to call it the Southeastern Conference? 
because those are not east. But they're south. But they're south. So would we rename the the conference? And then what happens to the name of our podcast if it doesn't rhyme with you, me, and the SEC? That's where the buck has to stop. They can't do that because I, I, I think that's the best thing we've done so far is come up with that name. True. Because it's a great name. It I mean, really, name. it's a fantastic name. It's true. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I, it's a good point about the personalities because A&M and Missouri did not, I feel, overshadow uh, what was happening in mm-hmm. the balance of like the core center where the like power, I feel like, you know, it's those deep South states coming from Georgia down through the Alabamas and then to LSU. I feel like that's where like the power right. of the culture is. And I feel like Texas, Oklahoma would like shift it mm-hmm. West. And, you know, if you're, I mean, looking for like Kentucky or Tennessee, like that's it. You're really getting away from right. where kind of your proximity, proximity geographically to where the central or the center of the, the conference is i think that uh that it would be a, it would be a massive change uh in so many ways i think the division setup would probably go away mm-hmm. i think that the you, you mentioned the pod system and, oh is that what they're calling it well i mean people we don't know. call it whatever they right. want right this is all a rumor but right it's like you'd have four divisions of four teams mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be like so much unlike, um, you know, what you see in the NFL. You okay. know, the NFC and the AFC both have four divisions of four teams. Okay. So there's obviously a lot of, you know, who would be in what division? How do you ensure? Don't you worry. I've already drafted a, I'm sure you have. a sample pod system. Is it on an Excel sheet? Uh, no, it's on a note in my phone. Oh, okay. That I, while sitting in traffic this afternoon, voice controlled it into my phone and took notes it's you know the wonders of technology but i think we should have an episode about that reimagining what the sec could be uh in the division setup okay that makes me excited i think just eventually every school in the country is going to be in the sec mm-hmm. i think it's just all going now and then what do you call it i'm not sure i don't know it just it needs to end in c so we have the rhyme. that's right we so have to keep really the rhyme system key important and i and i feel like there's so much more to talk about we have to talk about the mascot implications because i i don't know how uga could handle bevo we know coming how into the conference I, well we know the, how they well, I know, yes, we obviously do. So I, I don't know if, if Uga would be up for Texas coming in, knowing that you have a, a predator, an apex predator coming into the, the conference. And then Oklahoma's silly little, like, wagon. Listen, that thing turned over that one time. Well, I know. they got to get that under control. Yeah. I think that the only, the more, the most intimidating, if Colorado ever came to the SEC, yes. then Ralphie... Game over. Which Ralphie came to Athens when I was there, Are my freshman serious? year. He yeah. did? Yeah. Did you get his autograph? It was a big deal. I did not. Did you like no. go up and pet him? I did not, no. Was that a possibility? I'm sure. I don't know. Did they? he run out onto the field? I I don't remember. How do you not remember I'm that? Sorry, How I do you remember him I, being there? At, what is he just like peeking out the sidelines, doing Buffalo things? I, I, I just don't remember, okay? I don't remember. I... I, you know, I, this might be my bias, but I don't think it is that, you know, and we could have, again, have a whole nother podcast about the superiority of each live mascot, but I feel like Ugga is king. So I feel like he does have some say in this, you know, like I feel like maybe all the live mascots should get together. So there should be like a mascot and uh, are like, conference because so. I don't, there's not like a, a live sooner 
right? No. Um, that so would be kind of weird. That would boring. be just a person a that person. would go sit somewhere. <laughs> Although that would be intriguing. It actually <laughs> sounds good to me. I'll dress up in Oklahoma colors and just get a lawn chair and sit on the sidelines. <laughs> You're like, I got here first. I don't have to pay. So, um, you know, like, is do we want Bevo in here? You know, like, I'm imagining that scene from, like, Wreck-It Ralph where you have, like, all of the bad guys sit in a circle, you know, and it's like, we got to make some decisions. Bad guys? Yeah, and Wreck-It Ralph when they have, like, that bad guy, like, group, like, support group. Oh, I was thinking of the princesses. No, that's Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, that's Wreck-It Ralph, too. We know too much about that. Yeah, yeah, Um, I think we're losing people. Probably so. Let's go ahead and talk about... There will be much more to say right. about about realignment because if, if that happens, then I think the Big 12 is down to eight. Big 12 is going to die. I think what would happen is you would, my guess, is you would get two, I think the Pac-12 would come try to steal some teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, maybe the, what happens to Kansas? I mean, like, Kansas is, like, right. one of the top five basketball programs or awful in football mm-hmm. where do they go mm-hmm. you know we kind of saw with connecticut they kind of got frozen out because of football and their basketball program is was for a while in like the desert mm-hmm. and um i think they're back in the big east i should know that but in basketball but anyway like th- there's so many implications uh of what will happen uh so we'll get into that later now back to Media Day. So this, of course, that story broke at the end of the day, and that's what this whole thing is about. Remember when the biggest story was like Bryce Young's making a million dollars? Yeah, I remember that, that was just was, yesterday. I know, that was cute. So anyway, we started the day with that being the story. And uh, Nick Saban is first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Pope has descended from high, and uh, he walks in and, you know, this Nick Saban and whatnot and, and starts a conference. And the first question, of course, is about um, Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. And about, you know, can you talk a little bit more about that process? And one one thing Nick Saban really stuck to today was that he did not want to make any comments on, like, how he thought NIL was going to affect certain things mm-hmm. because there's no precedent. That was his phrase. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's true. Well, absolutely. And I think his thoughts are, you know, I could come up here and run my mouth about what's going to happen, but then, like... Maybe the year goes by and the exact opposite happens. And then I come back ne- here next year. I have to deal with you ignorant people telling me what I said last year and how it was wrong. Right. So this is, again, Saban really using, I think, uh, I think he got his, his if this was some plan to say, you know, we're going to kind of release this very, very fuzzy statistic mm-hmm. as like a recruiting pitch. I'm going to do this like right around when Lane Kiffin is speaking, just mm-hmm. kind of mess with him, knowing, by the way, that both schools are recruiting a, a high school quarterback of some notoriety. Okay. You know who? No. Arch Manning. Oh yeah, I did see that. So maybe that's whose son is that? That is the Cooper. Is I that think. Cooper's, Cooper's son? son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, any well, I have to assume it's Cooper's. It's not Peyton's. We would know that. It's, yeah, that's Eli true. Eli is probably too young to have one that old. So oh, maybe. Um, in any case, uh, if that was his play, he kind of dangles that out there and then he comes back and says, I'm not going to say anything. Again, it's Nick Saban just playing the media right. like, extremely well. Right, as he does. Yes. 
I mean, I will also I will say as he does, that, he, that sounds I think that sounds like exactly what I said he was going to do. Right. Is he was going to come in and be like, I'm actually not going to talk about that because I already right. dropped that and I'm going to let y'all have a feeding frenzy. I also want to throw this in here. He started his opening statement with a story about SEC media days. He didn't really mention when this happened, but he said that one year him and of course where the media days is held is a part of a hotel shopping mall combination okay and uh so he said one year he was you know staying in his hotel room and he refers to her as miss terry yes, which of I course love. we've talked to Gosh. we've shared our fascination with miss terry yes. and now our goal really is to have her on the the podcast uh, but he said that she decided one uh, one year to go shopping, and they, for some reason, they had brought their dog with them. Okay. And their dog was a boxer. Oh. And she left the boxer in the room. Of course, Nick Saban's off doing whatever. And the maid walks in uh, to the room to clean, and the dog runs out. Oh, gosh. And uh, runs out of the room and figures out somehow how to get to the bottom floor and finds Nick Saban doing a radio interview and runs up to Nick Saban while he's doing that interview. That's precious. Isn't it, though? It I mean, is. Such, that he finds him. Story. I was thinking, I was like, you know, we have a boxer mix. We, I think we've talked about Piper some. And um, that story would have gone so differently if that Very was much Piper. So. Very much so. Um, it would not have been as pleasant. But... Um, I think that's yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about people bringing their dogs to SEC media days. Well, now I kind of want to know what the dog's name is. Yeah, did he say? I don't remember if he okay. said that or not. It, I got the impression this was some years ago when this happened. Yeah. But uh, who's the MVP of that story? Is the it dog. The, the the dog for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who else would it be? I don't know. Okay. I just thought not I'd the ask. maid. Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Miss Terry doesn't look very good in that scenario. So. Oh, because he kind of threw her under the bus for going shopping. Yeah, you know. It's fine. Yeah. We love you, Miss Terry. You go shopping all you want. So Nick Saban continued to answer questions. Talked about Bryce Young. Talked about uh, he answered a question. It was really funny. Uh, the one one journalist asked, like, "You are the the longest tenured coach here." Um, what is the key to your longevity? Mm -hmm. And Nick Saban was like, well, it helps to win. (laughs) (laughs) But then he talked about how, like, how it's important to to build a culture inside of your program, be consistent, do all these things that he does so well. But it's true. It it, does help to win. It does help to win. That's going to help your longevity. That's actually how he stayed there that That, long. That's right. Uh, So, and then, you know, he talked about a little bit of his vaccine uh, discussion. He talked about how his team, uh, he had talked to his team so much about how getting the vaccine is a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a very, very succinct the way that he phrased it and kind of wrangled it into personal responsibility and also taking care of your health and mm-hmm. all these things. It was a very interesting and compelling response and not surprising that he would frame it in the means of this is a way that is going to help us be successful because it's going to happen at some point this year and i definitely feel like that is how nick saban processes things you know like what is going to help me with my mission right um and like how how can like what do i need to do to 
get us healthy and playing and not have that be a thing. Because it was, I mean, he missed a game last year. Not that it affected them at all. But, you know, like Nick Saban missed coaching a game. I'm sure he had players who were in and out. I think everyone did at some point. Um, You know, obviously, again, they won the national championship last year. They were fine. But still. COVID can't wreck Bama. Listen, I really feel like Nick Saban's a perfectionist. And even those little tiny things probably still get to him. Right. For sure. So, pretty typical interview from there. And uh, again, we'll see tomorrow. Uh, there is, you know, tomorrow at the end of media days, all the media does their their selections, right? Mm-hmm. Their predictions uh, collectively. There is zero chance that a team other than Alabama will be picked to win the West. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be interesting to see if the vote totals how close. Uh, either I would assume A and M or maybe LSU gets to them. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be that close. But uh, mm-hmm. so uh, that's uh, that's basically what we saw from Nick Saban. So then you got to check out Clark Lee. Uh, that's who, right. I, I feel like if you're Vanderbilt, you're like, well, great, we're after Alabama. That just seems about right. Right. Well, they put us in the schedule, but uh, first year coach. We talked about him a little bit uh, on the Vanderbilt Primer podcast former Vanderbilt fullback comes to Notre Dame. What'd you think? Um, I really liked him a lot. Like I was, um, you know, it's been interesting to kind of compare these new coaches to each other because we have quite a few and quite a few that this is their first media days, even if, you know, they, cause of yeah, last year, nearly half the conference. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's been kind of interesting to kind of, to compare all of these guys and, you know, he he seemed a little bit more like Shane Beamer to me, yeah. where um, kind of that confidence and like I'm I'm really happy to be here and I'm really happy to be at Vanderbilt. Yeah. So which is nice to see. Yeah, I feel like if you're a coach having a personal connection to Vanderbilt, I feel like that would help you so much mm-hmm. because I think if you're an outsider walking in, there's certain institutional barriers that are set up. Yeah. Uh, there, and also fan, for the lack of a better word, a lack of fan, of, you know, enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that if you are a Vanderbilt person, you kind of have a leg up in knowing how to deal with those situations. Now, we'll see. Maybe he'll bomb, but I'm with you. I'll listen to him. And I'm like, this guy gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a sweet coat. Yes. You know, a sweet suit uh, set up, you know, white suit with kind of gold. Uh, pli- I mean, describe that for us. No, please. I would. I actually kind of want me to describe it. You want me to describe it? I would say you describe fashion. Nice little like gold checkered uh, grid outlook. Not quite plaid, I would say. Okay. But uh, just let's just throw all the pattern words out there. Yeah, through three and <laughs> hope something would stick. Something that, that looks like that. I mean, he stuck with the Vanderbilt colors, which is good. But yeah, I thought he looked really sharp. I definitely have him in my fashion corner there you coming go. up. So I think also it, one of the things I found interesting he said is that basically that a lot of the players that obviously most of the players that are are in the program right now that he he said that the the program that those players came to does not exist anymore Hmm. and i thought about that and i was like he's he's referring to you know the Derek mason Mm -hmm. program and like to say like that program doesn't exist that's like a strong indication of how transformative you want this process to be right like you are changing literally the program is different Mm -hmm. now because i am here 
And I thought that was just, that that, that kind of got me to really buy in really even more to what he was doing. He also talked about how he sees Vanderbilt in a position to where the, the skills that these young men are learning as being part of this program will have an, a, a more than proportionate impact and make waves throughout communities that they go because of the leadership opportunities and the skills that Vanderbilt provides. Okay. I'm like, NIL, I mean, mm-hmm. he's basically saying, you come to Vanderbilt, you're going to be a mover and shaker. Right. Uh, so... I thought it was extremely strong. Mm-hmm. And I, I was listening to that. I was like, I might just pick Vanderbilt to win six games. I was about to say, you want to go to Vandy now? No, that, no, I don't. <laughs> Can't afford we it. Went to, well, no, we went to the campus there a couple months ago. Yeah, we it's did. first time I've ever been on, like, in the middle of Vandy's mm-hmm. campus. It was all right. Oh, I like it, but I love yeah. Nashville. So yeah. it's going to sell me every time. Yeah, it was okay. So then it was lunchtime. Uh, so Clark Lee... Uh, Nick Saban in the morning. We have lunch. And then Mike Leach. So why is he called the pirate? He loves pirates. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's There's it. really not much more. So if I like love uh, like royals, I could be called Brittany the Royal Osborne. Um, Can we get that started? No, that, that doesn't really flow. I don't like that. The pirate? So he just really likes pirates. Yeah. And so people call him the pirate. Yes. So okay. this guy, I, I just I wanted just, a little more from that. I'm not, I I'm just don't, lie. I'm not sure how much you know about Mike Leach. I really don't know much at all. So he was an assistant coach in the nineties at Kentucky mm-hmm. and helped. It was the offensive coordinator with the air raid offense. Mm-hmm. That basically is the, this spread you know, throw the ball around mm-hmm. attack that everybody. Was this like the Tim Couch years? Yes. Okay. So late 90s. So and, Kentucky was good. Like that was a successful. Well, we won seven games for like two straight years. Mm-hmm. So we were really good. But, okay. but it was very exciting. Like we'd score 40 game, forty points a game, but we'd give up like 60. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, he kind of helped develop that offense. And then he coached at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coached at Washington State. Uh, and at Washington State, he actually taught a class. Oh. And that class, I just looked it up here, is Leadership Lessons in Insurgent Warfare and Football Strategies. Okay. I have to wrap my head around that for a minute. I don't even know what that means. What's insurgent warfare? Well, I mean, I feel like that we need to do a little bit of digging on this and then pr- maybe one podcast just kind of present like what this class was all about. But here it says that as a part of their final project, Washington State students had to draw up some plays that the Cougars might use in a real game. No, that would be pretty cool. Is that not neat? Yeah, That's, that would be really cool. And I am all for that. Like I, you know, it's you kind of see in the high school level when a, uh, a football coach is very much not involved in mm-hmm. the academic setting during the day. Uh, there's been some schools that I've taught in in which the basketball coach was a science teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, the football coach is a social studies teacher. So you like really like to see them in that. And even if they're in like physical education, that they're not in just like just a weightlifting or right. setting or something to where they're actually, you know, interacting with other students mm-hmm. at the school besides the players mm-hmm. or athletes. Yeah. And I love that. I feel like that every... SEC coach should co- should teach a class at their school. Yeah. Okay. So this this podcast that we're gonna do episode, I think should be what should the class be for Absolutely. each coach? Absolutely. 
done. It's going to we'll happen. We'll be doing that. Make it so. Make yes. it so. Okay, what are we going to say? Mike All right, Leach. Mike Leach. So um, He comes up to the podium, and he says, and every coach gives like an opening statement. Right. right? 10 to 15 minutes, but here's our team. Here's what we're doing. Here's my philosophy, especially mm-hmm. if they're new. Right, right. And he goes, I don't really like opening statements. Y'all are going to ask me any of the questions that I don't talk about, so let's just go into questions. Is what, this what? how long has he been there? Three years. Second year. This is a, so. This is his first SEC media yes. days. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's how he starts off. Yeah, it's funny. But you know, I thought that uh, uh, Lane Kiffin's was short. Yeah. You know. Right. So, um, so yeah. What do you what, think? Good move, bad move. What do you think? I don't. I don't know. He's such like a a name. Like I didn't really know a lot about like where he had coached and stuff, or yeah. really know obviously about the pirate. But um, and he's, like I mean, I I always knew who he was. Yeah, and he's been moderately. I mean, Texas Tech, Washington State, two places. It's not easy to win at, mm-hmm. and he's been moderately successful mm-hmm. in the context of all of college football. But in those schools, he's been wildly successful. I mean, he win like eight, nine games at those schools every year. Mm-hmm. So Mississippi State is another place like that where you are not the top dog in your conference. And if he can do that consistently, he's a. I mean, he basically be what Dan Mullen. Did. Right. Right. So anyway, he he they go into it. He talks about a variety of things um he first of all uh he he talked about how when he was nearly hired at tennessee uh and the jeremy pruitt uh oh, really fiasco. yeah so okay. what had happened there we, we the shiano story is kind of well told right. in that right where it was like a social media like firestorm right the athletic director had flown out to los angeles after that to talk with Leach and was basically going to hire him. Mm -hmm. And then the AD gets a message from the chancellor to come back to Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And when he comes back, he gets fired. Oh, yeah. And Mike Leach is like, what am I doing? Right? What's going to happen? And Phil Fulmer, who was kind of orchestrating behind the scenes and really did from, from what people say, did not want Mike Leach to be the next coach Mm -hmm. for Tennessee. Uh, orchestrated that whole thing and got Leach basically that well Leach wasn't hired yet, but mm-hmm. it's basically we're not going to hire you. So Leach today says something to the effect of that he was re- rescued from Tennessee when they had a coup d'état at Tennessee, and he said I got saved from that. I was pretty lucky. Oh gosh, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh yes, so amazing. I love it. Uh, so he also talked about because Phil Former's still there. He's still no, AD. No. no, he's not. No, that's right. But this is Earlier. his first year that he's not there. Right. They have a new AD this right. year. Yeah. Uh, so he also talked about that he had the question of uh about if he had been vaccinated. Oh. And um, which I mean, it's kind of the jury's out of whether or not that's a question you want to ask your the coaches right, anyway. Right, because of HIPAA. Oh, of course, because of HIPAA. Wink. Uh, yes, nice wink. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, Leach basically said, uh, I may have or I may not have, and either way, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Which is that not code for you haven't? I mean. Right, right. Maybe or no, sure. I mean, I think maybe sometimes people just don't, like, they don't even want to address it, right? Yeah. So, um, like, I don't even want to, like, I like that could be his go-to about anything vaccine related. Right. It, it, I'm going to give him the benefit be. of the doubt. Okay, sure. So, um, in any case that that's gotten some play. Uh, he also is not a big fan of the transfer portal. 
Okay. And not a huge fan. Well, NIL, I think he's okay with, but he's with a transfer portal. He's talked a lot about how there is a lot. Uh, so the transfer portal, if you don't know, just to kind of give you the heads up, is that traditionally in, in college football, if you wanted to move schools and go to another school, first of all, it was rare that a school would let you transfer in conference. Mm-hmm. So like if you were at Auburn, you couldn't transfer to Alabama. Um, but even if you're wherever you went, you had to sit out a year. So you lost a year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, now with this, what's called the transfer portal, you can move from school to school uh, and play the next year. Now, I think you can only do that once. So you can't like move again. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. But anyway, that's what the portal is. Mm-hmm. So the way that Mike Leach looks at it is basically that a, a player that meets some sort of adversity will just go into the portal and try to... Right, it'll be like my get-out-of-jail-free card. Exactly, and mm-hmm. go to a new place. And he's talking a lot about how that is is not great because it's going through that adversity that creates a better person. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the portal, he sees that that's going to, to not be the case where someone sees some sort of adversity, maybe a coach they don't like, uh, somebody beat them to play quarterback or something. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Right. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, not necessarily on the podcast, but just you and I talking through that and the uh, consequences that might come of that. And that was definitely one of them is like, how can a coach build um, up these young men and build this culture of a team if they have this card that they can use or threaten to use or any of that? Like that's got to make it hard. And that's got to, you know, especially if, if you run your program in a, in a way that would make that, um, be like that's part of how you run a program is the family aspect of it right you know then that would mess that up and i think a lot of people are ragging on leech for kind of talking about that mm-hmm. when it's didn't Dabo talk about that too Dabo would yeah and that would be kind of be the line of discussion i think he would give and i think those conversations are extremely important mm-hmm. and that perspective is important to have mm-hmm. because that is going to happen right you know you can say player freedom player freedom well, on the other hand, sometimes for certain individuals, it might be better if they do stay because that's kind of a life situation and that they can, you know, build on. And they're right now there's still over a thousand players who entered the portal who have not landed somewhere. Right. So that it's just you know the grass is sometimes not always greener. So I am thankful that Coach Leach, even though sometimes he, you know it's kind of oh, here he goes again, but it's an important perspective to have in this conversation when I think so many coaches might feel that because the kind of the gravity is moving toward player freedom, Mm -hmm. that's just where we are going, that sometimes they might feel a little hesitant to speak out Mm -hmm. and apply that perspective where Michael Lee just doesn't care. Right. So, and he's going to, to kind of give you that perspective, which I think is important to remember and important for players to, to realize that, that there is value in overcoming adversity in one spot, mm-hmm. but that's may not be true for every situation. Right. Right. And, you know, I think we'll, there's going to be good and bad to that. And we're going to see that develop as we, as the transfer portal portal develops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So Michael each gone. And then you get the news that broke Oklahoma, Texas, but that's again for another day. Jimbo. 
All right, Jimbo. So you got to check out Jimbo. I didn't get to watch Jimbo. I, I didn't get to. We probably should have talked chaos, about this. The chaos descended here. It was so here, much though. chaos. I did not get to watch Jimbo, like, at all. I planned on it, but then, yeah. you know, there's little voices that are louder than Jimbo. That's true. They tend to do that. They but, do. But here's the thing. Um, he is in a position... I think that, you know, it, it was just a year ago that we were coming into this, uh, uh, this, you know, media days, granted it was all virtual in which Alabama had not won the West, but I feel like that that LSU team was so ridiculous and like lightning in a bottle that I think we learned that that was not a very sustainable level of play. Right. Um, A&M is building. So the anticipation is, are they the team that is going to build themselves into a position where they can consistently slug it out with Alabama? Because mm-hmm. LSU clearly didn't because they dropped back down to 5-5. Five and five. Mm-hmm. So I think the questions are, okay, A&M, you've been 7-5, and 8-4, and 9-3 and three for a long time. You get to 10-1, and one, I guess, is what it ended up last year. Are you going to be in a spot where you can take down the king? And people to see it and be like, this might be a sustainable thing year after year. Right. Have you um, seen uh, what SEC Network's doing where they have like the little fun facts underneath? Yes, I love them. What did it say for Jimbo? Did you see Um, it? I saw one of them said, would go vegan for a week if that means he could beat Saban. That's fun. Yeah, well, good good luck on his quest. I actually saw another one of his. It said he owned an $80,000 cow. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. As Any- you do in Texas. Right, right. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So um, Jimbo certainly, and he also was given the question of the possibility of Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, that they would be interested in joining the SEC. And Jimbo, who's very quick to speak mm-hmm. uh, and very quick of the tongue, says, yeah, I bet they would. Right. Uh, so it was a, a pretty clever. See, I always kind of had this, and this could be wrong. This could just be my uh interpretation but that when texas a&m came over it was almost like a refugee from the longhorn network yeah that's <laughs> you true. know it was yeah. like please save us as sec <laughs> you know from like this money grabbing right. like older brother um so i i wonder if they're like really like you want to come to where we ran to because it is better and so yeah it, the dynamics of it are fascinating and i, I feel like we need you know, as someone who has never stepped foot inside the state of Texas, feel like we would almost need to outsource that know, commentary to. to get some outside perspective. So maybe we can do that down the road. For sure. Okay, so that leaves us uh, with one day left and the, the holdovers, uh, the last day, mm-hmm. the, the culmination of SEC Media Days, if you will. It's the down. It's the downturn. It's the ending day. Okay. So who are we ending with? We've got Coach Drinkowitz. Right. Tomorrow, who I've heard is a character, right? He, yes. Uh, so that's Missouri. And then the middle of the day, we go Arkansas with mm-hmm. Sam Pittman. Uh, and then we will close with a War Eagle, Auburn, who has uh, got a new coach. Right. Brian Harson. And also, you know, all three tomorrow is their first appearance at SEC Media Days because Pittman and Drinkowitz were new last year. So that's right. Uh, it'll Gosh, be interesting. everyone else, everyone is new. And I think that, um, I mean, Pittman might have, I don't know, I guess Pittman didn't come when he was a, no. so a coordinator. So right. yeah, they're all. So if you think about, new. yeah, so all three are new. So we'll close with that tomorrow. But before we close today, we got to hear about Fashion Corner and we got to hear about our casting of the four coaches today. That's right. Oh.
Um, sorry. Uh, someone's alarm. My gosh. <laughs> bad. What um, was the message? What's more important than we this? We have one? to close the pool. Oh, we do have to close the pool. Oh, okay, let's gosh. go. Okay, so Fashion Corner. I mentioned Clark Lee won our coaches award for fashion. Best of the week. Was he better than Kiffin? I don't know. It's close. Yeah. I, I, I need to think about that for a yeah. minute. Um, but we have Dan to- Mullen had his socks, too. Yes, I know. I mean, again, cousin Eddie. It's okay. Kind of hard. Yeah, um, okay. So, Demarvin <laughs> Leal, I think, isn't it? How you say it? Leal, L-E-A-L. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, he was from A and M. I think he's from A and M. Yeah, A and M. Um, he's a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. big guy, but man, he looked sharp. And yeah. he had his glasses. And he had his A&M pen that they all wore. He looked really good. good. So DeMarvin Leal and uh, Davion Davis, who was from Vanderbilt. um, And he had one of those anchor lining he had a lining with anchors the anchors and you get me with that I the little details i like the anchors i think yeah Bandy has really leaned into that the last 10 years i'm all for it yeah yeah you know, especially for being um a landlocked uh uh state you know really leaning into the, the the sea men-ness okay want to want to navigate that a little bit better there I, obviously i'm not um, you know they're called the commodores they're not called the the the, the semen-ness okay all right so let's go to our casting okay here shall we, go. we okay so let's start just at the beginning of the day with nick saban and yes. i know some of these are not new but they're so good that i'm just gonna stick with them because okay. why mess up a good casting right of course so nick saban we got to go with that guy from that meme you know what i mean what the guy <laughs> the guy from that meme the guy from that meme where i think it was like mondays am i right or something like that is the office the off, office space gary cole gary coleman gary cole gary cole who's gary coleman isn't there a gary coleman i think there is i think i think he was the guy in, in what different strokes yes, okay the ch- so yeah. yeah i'm not talking about him I would hope Okay, not. <laughs> it's Gary Cole. Is that his name? Gary Coleman. I think so. It's not Gary Coleman. It's it's Gary Gary is, Cole is that that's the the office space guy. Yeah, also the dad in uh uh Talladega Nights. Yes. Yes, same person. Yeah. Um so that's who I'm going to cast for Nick Saban. I've seen him compared to him before. I think it's good. It is good. Gary Cole. Why did you start it with the guy from that meme? Cuz that's you just what say I see. Gary him? Cole. Why did you see? Oh, is he specifically to office space? Yes. Okay. Yes. Goodness me. Okay. So Mike Leach, moving on. Okay. Um, Again, I'm not even going to go beyond this because it is a straight up doppelganger of Vince Gill. Yeah, I like it. Have you ever seen it before? I've seen this before. And honestly, he also looks just like my mom's cousin. But nobody really knows it. And my mom's cousin is a Mississippi State fan. Oh, there it is. So I remember when they came there, I was like, wait, this is confusing to me. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, Vince, uh, like y'all should really look at it. Like they could be related. I think they might be. I think also maybe Kathy Bates. Oh, okay. Is that going to be who you cast for him? For Mike Leach? Yeah. What do you think? I, I'm going to stick with Vince Gill. Okay. I think that Kathy Bates is a little, um, I don't know. I don't know how he would What's feel about a, that. What word are you getting in? No, I don't think he would like that at all. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, except for this next one. I don't know. All right, Clark Lee. Okay. My initial, because you know I like to go for my gut, yeah. right? So like my gut was like Jeff Bezos. 
<laughs> Maybe it's just because I've been seeing him a lot on my TV lately. Have you seen his spaceship, by the way? Did yes, I did. It was, it was rather phallic, wasn't it? Just a tough call. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but then I was like, no, 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 we're not going to do Jeff Bezos because he's, he's a lot younger and, and he looked super sharp today. So I'm going to go with Jason Statham. I like it mm-hmm. much better than Jeff Bezos. I know. I'm just telling you, I go for my gut. But that's Jason Statham. Okay. Jason Statham. I like it. Yeah, that'll work. All right. So Jimbo Fisher. Okay. I had a harder time with him. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with one. I'm going to go with it's a character, but not necessarily the actor. Because okay. there's been multiple actors who's played this character. But I was getting a very Obi-Wan Kenobi feel. And I feel like... And again, this is also me talking out of... Uh, Since you're such a Star Wars expert. Out of something I don't really know Can about. Can you tell us any line from a Star Wars movie? Listen, just yes, just give us one. Luke, I am your father. Okay. Actually, the words were never arranged in that way. He never said Luke. Oh he just said, "No, I am your father." Okay. Well, no one cares about that. Well, no. I think there's a lot of <laughs> Star Wars purists out here that, when you said that, they were like, "Nope, nope, that's not what he's." All right. So I'm glad you spoke for them and corrected me. Well, I would tell everyone how I'm replaying a conversation from like eight or nine years ago. <laughs> you can ago, say it if you can. No, shake. no, I don't need to. I don't I need to. I was tired. And it's I just didn't... that you're you're. First time I asked you that question, your line from Star Wars was not exactly the most iconic line. But, I, but I'll, I'll no. You stayed It'll with me, up. though. You could have left me, then. I could. Thought about it. But, you know, there's... Yeah, anyways. I was I, about to say, there's some things about those early days that... Anyways, that we also have to say, I, I learned things about your music taste, for example. I'm very proud that I like Nickelback, and I will not apologize <laughs> to anyone about it. That was hard for me. Okay, so if I can't if I can't do Obi-Wan Kenobi... Or, yes, you can. No okay. one's stopping you from doing... So you're, you're, are you talking Ewan McGregor? From, no, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't like necessarily want... Um, I don't know who plays it. Who's the the Sir, Sir, Alec, Sir Alec Gillis Guinness? Guinness? Yeah, <laughs> Gillis. I'm so sorry, everyone. Do you know um, he hated Star? Like when he got done with it, he thought that was the stupidest thing. Like when he got done filming, yeah. Well, was, some of those were kind of goofy. The, the beginning ones. It was not. How okay. dare you? Take I should. It back. I, I need to stop now. You right? Really do. Okay, I'm sorry, but I'm, if I'm going to go for an actor, I think I'm going to go with Tommy Lee Jones. I love it. I absolutely love so it. So we'll go with that one since Obi Wan Kenobi it. is more of an energy, yes. right? Then so we're gonna go with Tommy I love Lee Jones. It. That is brilliant. Thank you. That's Thank very you. good. We'll, I, let's just end there I love, with all of that accolade. I love it. <laughs> I love Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Fantastic. So yes. Good. All right. Um, I think that's it. We went way. <laughs> We almost got to 54 minutes. Tonight. I know, y'all. I'm sorry. Even though I think it was one of us was chattier than the other. Yeah, I, I'm always tired starting these when I just get get, to get it rolling. But you know, we had, we had to talk about there. the Texas Oklahoma thing, and we that do. took a big chunk. And so we will continue I'm to talk about that. But we got three teams left um, for tomorrow, and then I think we're going to take what about a week off? Gosh. Maybe a month? No, <laughs> let's we'll just see. say we're we we're happy we haven't committed to doing this every night, right? Because we would die yes so we don't want death we want life but we will be here tomorrow we will be so i'm ben i'm Brittany, and this has been you me and the sec bye